next speaker uh, ms tanushri gb tanushri's keen interest in education and love for children led her to many non formal learning spaces as a young person navigating the frameworks of society the question of right education was integral in her explorations where she discovered education as a way of life in 2008 she was part of a group that started a learning space called shibumi on the outskirts of bangalore can one nurture a mind that is awake staying with this question has been the basis of her investigations in education a session topic exploring can education be a response to a world in crisis which she is going to present today we welcome tanushree Thank you so much, Pooja. Hi, Gautamanna. So nice to be talking with you here. Gautamanna has known me since I was 13 years old, so I'm really happy to be talking with him here. I didn't know he was a beer. Um, I'd like to thank all of you for inviting me, especially the punker who managed to bully me into uh, coming and sharing a little bit. So I feel it's really amazing and important that we're getting together to talk about what meaningful education might be and what it might look like. because i think when we all look around us we all are able to acknowledge and we are able to see that the world is in a crisis no nobody really has to show that to us and yet somehow the way we are educated uh, thousands of us are educated not to see we're taught not to see the disorder in the world although it's right there in front of us telling us as in our faces and so i feel it's really important to talk about it we might not know what the way ahead is but to at least come together and ask questions is super important in these times i wanted to share a little bit going back i think as a child when i was growing up and i went uh, to okshimoki school as well and at home both spaces home and school nurtured uh, an atmosphere where one could follow one's curiosity like to move with it without a rush of finding answers so there was like uh, there was a playful quality to go around with questions that you ask not about just things but even like things happening at home hierarchy any of that nothing was like you can't ask it and there weren't any ready answers that you were given as well and i feel that sort of atmosphere was really good for me but navigating the same frameworks of society as a slightly younger adult wasn't the same it was a whole different ball game you know because you see you see structures in society you see frameworks in society and they don't make sense to you you wonder why why should i participate in this and still you see everyone around you participating in it and that you you know it's like a dilemma you see things that don't make sense and but you see everyone around you still doing it and you're not the only one who doesn't see the not sense of it your peers are able to see like why like what's the point of it all and together we all see it but we don't know how to meet the world and then and then the question comes like what is our education what should our education look like if we have to meet this world because do we just want to participate in the disorder in the isolation that we see in the separation that is going on and getting worse and worse and the trauma in society we don't want to participate in it youngsters can see it they can see it and they don't want to participate in it but then what how do i live my life 
and i can't really like go to someone with that question no and so in that in a way society nurtures us to turn a blind eye to everything that is in front of us and guides us in a way so that we are part of a system that is sustaining the disorder and a lot of youngsters i can say would have gone through this dilemma and perhaps end up participating in the system but is there another way and i think seeing the disorder in the world and the question that stayed with me through the childhood and with other teachers and other conversations that i was having while i was growing up in dialogues that question just kept staying in me that what is there another way where the brain can function in order not just participate in the disorder and i feel there are many things that happen in the name of education alternate education that cannot disconnect us from society as it is from realities as they are and we create this little bubble and then we all struggle to sustain that bubble and i don't know in a way yeah there is a struggle with life and we don't know what to really do about what to do about it so surely education can't really be separate no from life it is one movement it can't really be separate and why do so many of us grow up unable to meet the world why do we struggle in meeting the world is it because we've been trained we've been trained to move away from reality so when we are faced with reality we don't know how to meet it or are we trained only to act according to a pattern that someone taught us not according to what we see and then act according to that but we're taught to like fit into pattern and i feel in a way the tragedy of the education system that is based on training is evident it's there for all of us to see an education that trains me trains all of us kind of tethers us to fear because what if i don't fit in and then i'm struggling to fit in into a system that i see doesn't make sense into a world of crisis and the struggle is to be part of it and there's fear that is put in if you're not part of it right so i think the logical step for any of us would then mean what what is a way of educating that enables young minds to be part of society not disconnects us so much you know which enables a mind to live and to interact with the world in a freedom from hurt from fear how can we meet the world in that way and that question has been alive for me and i think with the group that uh, i have ended up interacting with and exploring in dialogue these questions it only deepened more and more and so then the next question really comes up is what will the curriculum look like say we say okay education has to change because a lot of educated people have created havoc in the world and so surely the kind of education that is needs a change it needs a transformation and so what would a curriculum look like if education had to radically undergo a change are we actually all interested in creating an atmosphere where a mind is awake where there's a quality of wakefulness that we can engage with often like i spend a lot of time with younger children and i think i can watch them for hours like they can put so much heart into you know just spinning a bottle they just keep spinning it watching it spin or like the swing the pendulum kind of kind of moving and they can spend hours watching it like such a quality of attention and we often take them away from that and say if we do something else which is abstract for them which doesn't make sense to them 
and then when they are adult they have to do the same be part of a world that doesn't make sense to them so why do we take this away why that question does keep coming up no and in in my interaction with young children it is like fascinating to watch the questions they have things that you might think are actually uh, 12 standard curriculum questions they because they are watching the world they have questions about the world and then often we say okay this is not now this is going to come later and we segregate we fragment their education for them when they are really actually awake so what would this wakeful uh, what would an education look like if it was interested in this wakeful quality and not in terms of training a child but in terms of nurturing watching and therefore how they can act and respond to the world i think all of us have seen i've spent a lot of time with younger children so my stories might mostly be from there but we've all seen how children observe they learn they have curiosities there are questions and this feels like a very natural way of interacting with the world to ask to understand this meaning making they do want to understand why did you do something a certain way how come this car this akka who works doesn't go to this uh, other auntie's house like what is going on they notice these things they might not know about caste they might not know about many of the frameworks i mean they might not have names for it but they do notice things and they ask and are we willing to participate in those conversations with our children i think a lot of thoughtful discussions can happen with children they're not unusual that you can have these discussions with children as long as the opportunity to have it is not taken away from them i think we often take away that opportunity to have questions to have these conversations and then maybe later we fuss about oh how come youngsters are not asking these questions but we've trained them no not to do it and then we create a trap that we are trying to sort out so after i left uh, my school around 12th standard and i decided not to go to college and uh, pursue my higher study through a correspondence course i was spending a lot of time with my teachers from school and some of our peers who were meeting together and reading krishnamurti together without actually like one problem that we want to solve but just engaging in dialogues together and after five and a half years of just doing that it it kind of revealed itself to us that why don't we try starting a little learning center and that's how shibumi came into being by a group of us who were engaging in these questions and i can confidently tell you that we didn't know what we want to create but we knew what we don't want to participate in and for us that was a starting point to not know what we surely we don't want to do this but we didn't know what we wanted to do and in the watching the children in the dialogues amongst that adult body things were born and things kept evolving and 13 years later i don't think i've had one single day that is the same because there's like watching children responding to their questions and the dialogue with the teacher body and that like to come together without uh, functional questions i mean obviously as a, uh, as a learning space we do come together to talk about logistics and all of that but it's been really important to come together just to dialogue because there is no way like we look around and we can't see a way we don't know what right education looks like but we all see clearly that there has to be a transformation in education to meet the crisis in the world or we are only going to give it continuity right so the dialogue spaces amongst the adults which includes both parents and teachers 
has been really valuable because we all have shortcomings we all have blind spots where we don't see but when these dialogues happen in affection we're able to point lights to each other and in that grow and in that have affection for each other and the children and move in learning them so observation care and openness to discover a curriculum was possible because of these dialogues that uh we were participating in and it's been a really adventurous and fun journey and i yeah i I love discovering what we're trying to figure out over here at uh, amongst the adults and at Shibumi. So, I think some questions that we were asking ourselves, I open up one of them was, we had never really seen what it would look like if we had dropped all structure from learning spaces for the children. Like they come in, there's a timetable, go through it. It kind of creates a dullness. They kind of uh, accept what you're giving them. they come to uh, learning spaces with like okay yeah now what is tanu didi going to do with me or like what is the plan that she has and in that they start disengaging with learning that they are curious about you know like they without realizing we create a framework that makes them dependent on us for learning when they have questions of their own they don't need us they don't need to be dependent on us for the learning and So we tried this thing of taking away the timetable at Shibumi for one part and seeing what would happen if what how would how would children spend their day and it was we called it like a non-month where the entire school dropped it and it was quite fascinating to see how children were engaging and they were busy doing things they they really didn't need a structure from outside telling them what to do and what not to do. and in that it became visible that children can be made to conform very easily earlier when we had a timetable they were very happy to be part of it because they were very happy to conform to become dependent if you create that sort of structure and we saw how that was gradually kind of sapping away their creative energy and dulling their mind in a way they just come and like okay like receive like as you know as yeah just like to be there to receive but to participate in learning to say and really this is what i want to learn about this is a question i have and know that i will put energy into it and take it forward with them that changed something when they started taking responsibility for their learning and not depend on us however affectionate and how well we can plan it it was still like a dependence that was kind of happening i don't know if we like if we take a moment to sort of think about when have we noticed learning happening for us like when do we feel like we're thriving in learning i wonder what we see like where is a space where we notice that i am thriving with learning and when in the same thing you know when you watch children when you see a child bent over uh, uh, studies do you feel like wow that's such an orderly child she's doing something but you see a child going to the ladder to the rooftop to see what's on the roof that's like potential disorder no for some of us but there's curiosity there's curiosity in both spaces they want to know what they saw something go up there they want to go check it out surely we have to be intelligent and to, and make sure children are safe and but can we not limit their their ways in the world you know if there is like one kind of goal we like we want them to learn fractions in a certain way we want them to be certain somebody in their 13 years later then we make them focus and we drop everything on the side but when that main focus is not there then all these things like the world is expands and there's so much that they can be curious about 
so that then then the main like the content like fractions or the word that they're watching that doesn't take root that doesn't become all important but the way they're watching the way they're asking questions the way they're engaging with what makes them smile or gives them an insight or makes them struggle that mind that can meet anything in the world is the kind of mind that i feel needs to be nurtured so that no matter what happens in society it has the stamina to meet it and has the confidence that yeah i can put my mind to it i can see what it is and i will act maybe my action will be limited maybe it's even wrong sometimes but i've acted completely by seeing and i'm willing to revisit it and i'm willing to continue learning and then that in that way learning doesn't just stop at school or at college or whatever no it's like a way that you meet the world with and yeah it feels exciting for me to see, to imagine this i can again say that after so many years we did not reach the place that we can say oh you know this works try this out but i can say that interest in it is opening spaces up and there is interest to see if if all of us meet world the world like that rather than from things we've been trained and things that we know but actually from watching things and then acting from there what does that look like so uh, yeah again in these sort of interactions conversations amongst the adult body has been really important at shibumi and they've really uh, helped us grow together and understand these questions which have no right answers um yeah i would i would say that i'm still really interested in these questions haven't really found the answers but i do clearly see that education needs a radical rethinking about and in the looking at it in not assuming what we've already figured it out i think in the relooking at it we might all discover something and maybe in small pockets we need many many small spaces kind of asking these questions and moving with what they see and perhaps communities that are sharing like this that are sharing our learnings together so that it's not just about my little place but kind of i don't know participating in a radical shift overall um yeah i think i would like to just share a couple of uh, slides here mostly done with why i feel education should be a response to a world in crisis and i think we all see that but just a couple of um, examples that i'd like to share of how things have opened up at shibumi uh, so this was uh, this was one question of the children while we were having snack and you know a lot of the older children were talking about uh, they just come out of the lab and they were talking about things and this young boy he asked me he said Gandhi, what is what is scientific language? And this is the sort of thing I'm pointing to. You know, they see a world that is engaging in something quite uh, fully, and they have questions from it. So, if they saw a group of adults engaging in meaningful things, the children would have those sort of meaningful questions also to ask. But anyway, so this is one question that came up. He said, "What is scientific language?" They're going on saying something about scientific language, and so I asked him. I said, "What do you think scientific language is?" and he shared this he said is it like hindi or kannada or french or is it like a new way of describing something and that's what his understanding was and so he went and he asked the senior school uh, children what they understood from scientific language and yeah that's him asking some of his friends who were talking the senior school students and like you can say abdul is saying it describes facts not feelings aditi is sharing something rajat as well 
so he found that out and he wrote it in this little uh, book and that's the science that's the science teacher at school and he asked him as well and uh, yeah so he wrote down what shridhar said and then moved asked somebody else who wasn't who was in that conversation as well but didn't go to the lab and she said i'm not so sure and then he came back and he put this down saying ah so now i think i understand it's the code language that makes sure that there is no confusion and i feel like otherwise you know just to take questions that children have and make that into learning spaces has been really uh, i think powerful because they know that they can come to one of us with a question they have and they know that we'll together put energy into it and in that way when they have a question when you're constructing the knowledge with them it makes sense to them so the question might be way ahead of like what we think like you know it might be uh, something that they should ask when they're much older but if the question is real to them now and then together you're uh, investigating it that knowledge that comes is sort of constructed in a way that makes sense to them and sits well as opposed to what we generally do we have a child that comes in front of us and they like knowledge that we kind of download onto the child which can it has no context to receive it in no and therefore it can feel like a burden it can feel like oh how do i hold on to all this how do i remember all this i and in that we can create a feeling of feeling inadequacy like a feeling of inadequacy in the child when uh, they feel like they don't know but that's not true all children when they're interested can construct a knowledge but when it's just put on them and then measured then it it can become quite a traumatic experience learning uh this is another thing that i would like to share there was this faculty psychology at the senior school and this and i spent a lot of time with the junior school so one of the little kids she said like i also want to do uh, psychology what is it about so I, i was not very sure what is this child's understanding of the mind the brain feelings and so this drawing i i quickly did this stick figure drawing and asked him i said where 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 do you think from and then he colored this part you know at the chest and it was fascinating because when i would like we all think because we know our brains are here we think we think from here but that feeling that he had that he thinks from here it comes from like observing and like watching himself and for those of us who have the knowledge i think it comes like we don't observe as deeply and some of these insights have with the children have really helped me grow and not to assume things and you know come back to watching like i was saying earlier to watch the world in crisis and to realize that there has to be a response to it is important but if we know that i already know this is the way then it can become quite um limited our action because it comes from like a little bit of a tunnel vision yeah this illustrating the same thing when when we are kind of training or educating a child towards a particular goal whatever that might be we're cutting out a lot of it we're saying don't like if there there's fear we're saying no no let's find a way to overcome it as long as you're going to that goal and in that we don't allow them to discover what they would like to do or what makes them happy and surely a group of unhappy adults will create an unhappy society you know and yeah just just wanted to share these uh, 
little stories before I wind up the session and perhaps yeah we can close it here.